What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your host, Diana Gladney. And this podcast is dedicated to you, helping you simplify the video creation process so that you can reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. So if you're ready to get started, let's dive right into this week's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022 or whenever you are choosing to listen to this. If you're listening to this when this episode comes out, we're into a brand new year. So happy cold weather season if you're in a cold area and happy, I guess, continuous good weather season if you are <laughs> someplace that honestly, I'm jealous of like the whole good weather all year round, like it sucks. So, you know, it is what it is, though, but tis the season to be jolly, right? This week, we're talking about is your YouTube content clear or is it confusing? This seems like a very open and shut type of content. Like you would think that it's very easy to just dive into, like look at a channel and be able to easily identify, are we clear here or is there something confusing happening across the channel? And when you're new to YouTube, it can be confusing. I think we're all at a point now where most people are aware that what you are doing with types of content when it comes to using YouTube, like a free Dropbox, reposting just ridiculous titled Zoom call 39267 from January 26th, like that kind of a stuff. I think we've gotten to a point to where we're all very much so aware that that does not cut it. I think we've all gotten to a point to where people that want to build a YouTube channel are at least in a state of mind of getting to a place where they do decide this is important enough for us to pursue. Let's learn about this platform. It's probably how you landed on this particular podcast, or maybe you searched my name and saw that I had a podcast and you flow like that. So it's greatly appreciated. We took a hiatus here in the company and uh, not even a hiatus, just a holiday uh, break. So the company went on holiday. Um, even though I have been semi working in the background, um, I took a holiday break, and so I'm very excited to dive back into uh, brand new podcast content, brand new Instagram and TikTok content, and brand new content to the YouTube channel. We'll be taking a very uh, deep and serious focused strategy towards YouTube-based content and the podcast will uh, as well. Not so much so live streaming, not so much content creation, and not that we will leave those things behind, but just more so... Uh, you can expect it to be about a good 75% of YouTube education-based content on the platform. And I'm very excited to start diving into that because there are different parts when it comes to the analytics, not just the updates and things like that. I've been a feature on Social Media Examiner's channel as well as their social media uh, marketing podcast. And uh, just as a YouTube expert already. So I've been doing this for quite some time and working with clients and things like that. And so one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, specifically around YouTube coaching has opened back up. So working through those things with clients and organizations and all is well over here, but I hope you and your family had a fantastic time and just hashtag all the things. Uh, I want to dive into this whole thing around, let's talk about the part of content being confusing. I think it's one of the most difficult things is to take an objective look at your own content because you feel because your heart is in the right place, your morals and, and your MO more or less is in the same, is in the right place or in a good place that your content should do well. YouTube does not operate on should. It does not give you 
more subscribers because somebody says that you should have them. It won't give you more views because somebody feels like you should have them. None of those things matter. It only serves one person and that's whoever is logged in under that account and what they are interested in, what they search for and what they have, you know, interest around. So when you think about content as a whole, you say, well, how could the channel be confusing? The thing when you know that your content is getting clear is when a stranger can recommend your channel, can recommend your website or what have you, say exactly what it is that you do. So whether it's the podcast, whether it's the channels helping you simplify video content creation, help you reach wider connect deeper with people who need you the most. Now, granted, nobody's going to say that phrase, but they will understand. Oh, yes, you can go to this channel to help you with your camera stuff. Oh, you can go to this channel. You need to learn about something like, let's say, Ecamm Live. You can go to this channel. You want to ask questions about YouTube specifically. How do I bring this into my fold of my business so I can get it to make sense? What do I start? What do I start doing? All those viable questions, things that we address on the channel. Now, when somebody's answering your question of what do you say my channel is about, you can literally go ask someone. Don't ask a family member that is honestly going to give you that verbal pat on the back. Because when you want to take an objective look at your channel, you have to have people that will give you that objective reply, not one that's trying not to hurt your feelings. The best thing a good friend could do for you is not necessarily obviously be brutal, but to be honest and say, or do you know what it is that I do? Most family members have no idea what you really do or they'll misinterpret it or what have you. They assume. But somebody that comes across your channel is like, what do you think that this channel is about? One of the main questions that I'll ask, especially after we're, you know, publishing, let's say trying a new thing, um, experimenting with a certain kind of content or products or whatever. When I post this video, will this confuse people or will this help add clarity? If somebody is searching for something, they land on this specific video and they come back to the channel. Would it make sense for them to subscribe right off the rip because they understand like this has everything that I need? Case in point, I was wanting to really take a deep dive into um, two products that doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Uh, one is QuickBooks and the other one is just like generally like Excel type spreadsheets, but specifically Google Sheets, but just more or less that uh, spreadsheets style function. Obviously, you know, all the things that you could do, things that you could buy, people stuff that people make, but it's like really getting a better education around those two particular products. When I'm searching for something, somebody may have a one-off good video, but this is obviously a topic that I want to know way more things about. And I haven't even generated all of the questions that I potentially will ask, but I know I have a few that are top of mind when I'm, especially when I'm in the space of searching. When I go back to a channel to see, do you have more around this? And do you have more like this? This is now taking an objective position when you're sitting in the seat of the person that is searching on the keyboard. This helps you to now step out of the frame. That whole thing, like you can't see the forest for the trees or too close because you're inside the frame. This, this type of a, a thinking is a good way to have an objective view of does this make sense? It's now even because of how much content is on the channel. Uh, people really do have to utilize that search 
feature when they get to the channel, not YouTube search specifically, but there's a search bar specifically for every individual YouTube channel. So you could just put, for example, ZVE10 in the search bar, any videos or live streams that are relevant uh, and related to that will come up. And so it makes it easier for people to find stuff and obviously relevant playlists. But once you have a library of content around things or you're looking to develop a library of content around things, you now have to be in a space so where you're able to take that objective look. Can it easily be said that you are an authority around a specific topic? And is it easy for people to see that? Is it easy for people to identify you cover content around X? When you look at what you have been doing, is that helpful? Case in point, again, I can tell you that. So like last, the end of last year, um, especially last quarter or what have you started to slow down and, you know, further sunset the weekly live Friday help casts. So those are no longer happening. Um, we will still obviously have live streams on the channel, but it'll be a, across a dedicated topic. We'll be covering certain things, but it won't just be a weekly Q&A or weekly AMA, which is ask me anything. So it'll be dedicated topics when live streams are scheduled versus just being live just because. And so if you are a regular attendee of the weekly live streams, you would have noticed that change happening. And instead of a live stream, there's a video. That process is going to continue throughout the year because when I look at the analytics, when I look at the data, the live streams are fine. But for the time investment and the overall rewatch value for that kind of a content, it's fine. If let's say you're repurposing that audio for some other thing or repurposing, repurposing those clips, which makes a massive ton, a ton of, of micro content, if that's what you're into, which I encourage you to do. And we do use replay content for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's a lot of value you can get out of the live stream. However, with the new content plans that we have in the business, the live streams in that fashion, in that way, don't make sense to take up time slot or attention slots or even to double up. It doesn't make sense to do moving forward. It's just my personal business. I'm not saying that's true for everyone or to say even that live streams don't work on a channel. They actually can. Just the different goals that we have at the company, it doesn't make sense to proceed on. So when you look at now, let's say you fast forward six months in advance, you've been making content, whether that's once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Somebody now searches for something. Let's say the top three searchable phrases that if someone was having an issue, a problem, a question or a concern, when they go to YouTube and they search one of those three phrases that you're thinking of and they go back to your channel, is your channel more clear now based on the kind of content? Now, the content is only one type of like it's only one of the three key areas so when you really think about this there's three it's like let's call them subsections that you really want to be paying attention to and this is going to help take you into that space of clarity the first one is going to be thumbnails so in the company right now we're specifically hiring for uh, a thumbnail person so we're getting close to uh, finalizing decisions on that uh, but we'll be bringing on somebody specifically to handle the thumbnails when you look at a thumbnail, it should be clear. A lot of people like to go with the route of 
<laughs> I don't know if it's like being trying to be super deep or what the heck is the problem or just, I don't know, lazy thumbnail making, which I think is the case for a good majority of people. I won't say that's for everybody. And then also part of that is just honestly learning. I think a lot of people, and I know for a fact I used to, when I was first getting started, you make bad thumbnails because that's the best that you can do right now. And you obviously start with bad thumbnails and you get to better. Nobody just starts off at better. Even if somebody that's a graphic designer, for example, starts on YouTube today, they probably are gonna make a really good thumbnail because they, that's been in their wheelhouse, like at least design content. So you have to learn about things like, is this a image dominant frame? Is this a text dominant frame? What makes sense to put on the thumbnail? One of the things you really need to think about is what can I visually convey that if they only looked at the thumbnail, this makes sense. If they search the phrase, this video comes up, let's say for whatever reason, the title and description and all that was not visible. Would the thumbnail make sense based on what they put in the search bar and now they only can look at the thumbnail? Does it make sense that way? When you take this kind of approach, now something may click for you. You may be thinking, oh, I probably need to go back and update some thumbnails or should I change them? And the answer to that is yes, you absolutely should go back and update your YouTube thumbnails. You absolutely should go back um, and see what is the current click-through rate for that specifically and what is it after I've changed the thumbnail? Is it improving or is it getting worse? I'm gonna let this take us into this week's gear fix. This week's gear fix is brought to you by TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is one of the uh, tools that we use in the company that helps to uh, research content, make things more efficient in how we're able to post content and hashtag all of the things. The other one that you may commonly hear about is vidIQ. But specifically for this particular topic, we're going to be going with TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy has specifically what's called A-B testing, which means you take that first thumbnail and you have that variation. And then you take thumbnail B and you post it. Well, instead of you trying to figure out that data, I do want you to pay attention to the click-through rate that's initially there. But when you have TubeBuddy, you can go in and say, I wanna do and test this for 14 days. And over the next 14 days, TubeBuddy will automatically take care of this for you. And you can take a look and see, um, is this helping with increasing the audience retention? Are people even watching longer because the thumbnail is better so their expectation is higher on actually getting the answer that they were hoping for. When you are playing around with YouTube and you're just kind of guessing at it, it makes it very hard to continue to keep motivated about stuff because you don't know if something's working or not. It's always feeling like guesswork. When you take an analytics tool like TubeBuddy that helps to break down these complex type things and makes it a little bit easier, now it helps you feel more confident, more comfortable when you're posting content. So I highly encourage you to check out the A-B testing. It literally say A slash B testing for your thumbnails and test that old thumbnail against the new one and see based on the two kind of concepts that maybe you're working with, which one worked better and which one worked best. Go to diana.link forward slash TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. Why Diana.link forward slash TubeBuddy. And that is this week's Gear Fix. So the next thing that you want to think about is titles. When you're working through with a title, it's a lot that goes into that. We'll have to take a dedicated 
episode to go into that. Matter of fact, we'll do that next week's podcast episode. So make sure you're subscribed, leave a rating or review if you haven't done that already. And I mean, literally, like if you're sitting down, you're sitting at the desk, I'm pretty sure you hear that quite often. But if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've been getting value out of the channel, all of that, stop what you're doing. Even if you're at work, tell your boss I said so. Open your phone to whatever app you're listening to. For most of you, I see that that is based on analytics. Apple Podcasts. Click on the podcast name. You'll see rate, leave a rating. Hit the five star or whatever star you feel appropriate. Most people hit five. And then like, just like, I appreciate it. Learn a lot, whatever you want to say in the story. It literally, you could do this on the toilet. Leave a rating review. I highly appreciate it. When it comes to titles, it's a lot that actually goes into this because you have to think about this from an analytics standpoint. And you also have to think of this, about this from the human standpoint. You need kind of both in this approach when you're thinking about titles, because when you think about when you search for something, for example, it never fails. Like random time of the day, all of a sudden I realize I need to replace my windshield wiper blades. And because it's not something I have to do often at all, it's like I'm not doing it enough to remember how to keep freaking doing it. Or it's like I'll get hung up on something like, how how did I do this? And it's like a two minute video on literally doing that. But there are so many other videos that come up around that thing. So when I'm thinking about the title of a video, I'm looking for at that point, is this my specific make model car? Because a simple difference in the model type can make the difference in maybe how they made the windshield wiper blades for a different model. Same car, manufacturer, whatever, different model, right? So because of that, I'm looking specifically in the title technically for that specific technical side of it. However, being a human being in the midst of a mini crisis in the moment, simply because it's, I want to do it. I want to get it done and move on with life and not have to think about it again for <laughs> literally maybe, uh, I don't know, a year or something or more. So I'm looking for something along the lines of let's do it fast. Hurry up, get it out the way. Super easy. Things that speak to me and the position that I'm in as the person searching. Most people get too technical or they get too personal when it comes to their titles. But again, we'll do this in next week's dedicated episode along titles. You don't need either. You need to really understand your person, their problem, their pain point. You guys have heard me talk about the pastor framework. And if you don't have the book by Ray Edwards, how to write copy that sells, get it. You need it. The third component that you need to be paying attention to is literally the video content itself. There is a couple different things that I'm working on a YouTube video around this right now. And it is, it is so bizarre how many people just ignore this, like so much like it's in this, the, the quality of the video content. And I'm not talking about visually how pretty it looks. If you got colored lights behind you, or if you don't, or if you're sitting in a living room versus office, like that does not matter. Nobody literally cares about it. If you see a nice set or whatever, you say, cool, that looks nice. That's it. Maybe you say, Hey, that looks cute. I really want that. Or that's dope. I really want one of those. Let me go buy one. End of conversation. Like it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal. However, people put more time, effort, energy into all of these things that just kind of don't make sense. And we look at the, the 
video content, I talked about this in a video where we dove into basically how to increase your watch time. A lot of people waste a ton of time in the first 30 seconds of the video. So much so it became like a trending thing on Twitter, which is just like, basically you can skip the first 30 seconds of any YouTube video, maybe a little bit more. And then that person is just getting to the point. That's frustrating. You know, good and daggone well, when you sit down to search for something, whether it's of interest or whatever, it could be how to bake yeast rolls. You don't care what was the inspiration for this. You don't care about their family lineage and how this recipe extends back 37,000. Like you, you just don't care because maybe you're in a position of the mom that just wants to have some nice fresh bread that reminds you of grand, what grandma made. And you're fine with maybe hearing a little bit of that, but not to the point to where I have to wait for you to get through a monologue before we get to the point. Before we even talk about what ingredients I need and you have to skip, 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 skip. Oh, went too far. Let me scroll back a little bit. Like you get annoyed trying to find the content. You eventually leave. You can see all the stuff in your analytics and in the data. In the video where I talked about watch time and audience retention, we went into details around this. So I'll put a link to this in the show notes for you to check out and a link to that video specifically. But the video content itself is what is going to sell the show. When you think about where do you lose the most people, it's probably within the first 30 seconds and then within the first two minutes. These two spaces is where it's enough time for me to figure out, is this a waste of time? There are some videos where the audience um, average view duration is like an 80%. Like one video I'm thinking of in, in particular is like 80.1 or 83.1. I can't remember which specifically was the uh, audience retention. This video was three minutes and I think like 31 seconds or something like that. And so when you're looking at a video and you see, man, the audience retention is great. Oh, it's just because it's a short video. No, the video is as long as it needed to be and no longer. It didn't need to be that long. Like it didn't need to be more than what it is. And I absolutely adore the comments that I get when people that I've never seen on the channel before comment and they say something along the lines. I've searched a ton of other channels on this topic and yours finally got to the point like you're not, well, not finally, but they'll say something to the effect of like your video got straight to the point. If I probably search for the phrase straight to the point, I'll get that specific phrase in a comment all the time. And somebody's usually thanking me for getting straight to the point. So I've seen that enough to know that when it comes to content, it works. And I'm not talking like where you can't be yourself. I'm not saying to make content like anyone else, still be authentically yourself and still bring your vibe and just essence to your content but don't lose the plot. The movie came out, the matrix resolutions or revolutions. I can't remember which, which one it was. Um, but the general synopsis across, at least <laughs> the people that are in my network on Facebook, I'd say about 97, 98, maybe 99% of them 
said the movie sucked. I tried to give it an objective view of good things and things I appreciated about it. And would I watch it again? No, it just didn't. It, it missed the market in a lot of ways, but I'm not going to bash it. It's just like, eh, I didn't care for a lot of things around it. The writing in the, the writing was weak. Like you got seasoned people that are like good actors and actresses. Uh, and, you know, otherwise they, they're delivering the lines and stuff. Fine. It's just the writing is weak. Feels kind of lazy. It is what it is. And here's some places that missed the mark. He was like, nah, it sucked. It was trash. <laughs> so when you think about it, when people are looking at your content, you're not going to convince them that it's great if it's not great for them. People that maybe put their blood, sweat, and tears into the Matrix film, for example. There are some people that are just like, man, this is dope. Let's say this, the, uh, uh, that's what he called them, uh, FX people. The special effects, maybe they're into the computer side of it. Maybe they're into the explosions and stuff that has to happen in real life. Whatever the case is. That mean, if that's the case, they feel like this is the best work I've ever done. Like imagine being that guy or that girl. This is the best work I've ever done on the film. Like it literally like it's the best delivery of that. But that fantastic piece is contained in a package that's not great. How would that make you feel? You know what I'm saying? Obviously, as the creator, it's like you, in essence, think it's great. Your people think, I've seen better. I wish it was better. I wish I could get through it and watch it. I'm very attentive to when I want to leave a video. Sometimes I'll watch a video just to see how it plays out, like from a YouTube educator space. But I know and like I'm paying attention to more and more when I check out of a video and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I haven't answered my question, haven't answered my concern, slow getting to the point, And it's just like enough. Like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I, I don't care to keep watching. I still care to get my issue resolved here. I don't care enough to keep watching your stuff though. Not this video. Maybe later, if I have nothing to do, you're sitting on the toilet, you're waiting for your bath water to run. I don't know. You put it on. You don't want people to get to a point to where they're dismissive in your stuff because then, even with a great thumbnail title or whatever, trust has been lost because the delivery for your overall content has been weak. So that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. So if you're new here, come back around for next week's episode or go check out one of the other episodes that we have on the podcast. Again, this podcast is dedicated to you helping you simplify the video creation process. But if you know somebody else, they may be able to take advantage of that. Want to get started in YouTube or starting creative videos, share the link with them. Kick them over one of the episodes that you found valuable or that you think would help them out the most. And if you haven't left a rating or review, be sure to do that. I highly appreciate it. And as I love to end all of my podcasts, the winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sales. With that, guys, live a passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Simplified.